comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. We find Marshall, we'll contact you. Um, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll find that Daisy. No, I promise you. We'll see you at the rendezvous. <sighs> okay, Tim. Episode 216. The moon with the rebel base will be in range in 30 minutes, 30 minutes. Every time Catherine revved up the microwave, I'd piss my pants and forget who I was for a half hour or so. It's 30 minutes away. I'll be there in 10. I'll be there in 10. Is this a five-minute argument or a full half hour? You have 30 minutes to move your car. You have 30 minutes to move your cube. Your cube. You are listening to a half hour wasted. You know, someone told us with the Jersey Shore podcasting. What the heck does that even mean? means we're not classy, Bill. That's what it means. Frank's I, already got the, the I perfect dis- nickname. I disagree with that. Frank's already got the perfect nickname, the, the judge. judge. What would that you be? Know, I was actually, um, I was looking synonyms up for the mm-hmm. situation. We were at work one day trying to think of our, really? our Jersey Shore name. Oh, no. I want to be the predicament. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I'm the predicament. That's Have you guys fantastic. ever seen Jersey Shore? I'm going to be, I'll be the infection. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I watched a couple I, episodes I've when I was I've seen a couple episodes, day. too. It's, um... It's interesting, but I get bored by it pretty... You know, Snooki was uh, recently on a, a, one of the episodes of the wrestling show, whatever that is. Uh, WWE? Where, yeah, I think. She she did some flips and stuff. She must have been a cheerleader in her day or something. Yuck. She doesn't seem to have that stature. I would That surprises me. She grew up on a gravity, gravity-heavy planet, <laughs> I suppose. You think so? You mean like Charlie 27? Yeah. I don't know what that is, but I'll... Really? I think <laughs> yeah, I Charlie did. 27. I thought you guys read comic books. I think uh, I good I think ones. It's a, on yeah. uh-huh. it's a Guardians of the Galaxy reference. <laughs> it's the original Guardians of the Galaxy, by the way. Charlie 27? Yeah, with Yondu and Martin X and the original Vance Astro, not the weird retcon teenage one that's in continuity somehow. He's like a young Avenger or some nonsense. I'm gonna, oh, I thought you were talking about Star Trek. No. I'm, go- I'm going to Wikipedia. No, Guardians of the Galaxy. The original Charlie Guardians of the Galaxy with Starhawk and Yondu, the Archer, and Martin X, the dude from the planet Pluto who's covered in crystals. Oh, wait. So we're not talking about... Charlie uh, 27 who came come from uh, Jupiter. When the, you said uh, Charlie... I thought you said Charlie X. So no, that's, I said Charlie 27. That's what made me think of... Let's see. Charlie 27 is a soldier yes, and space militia pilot genetically engineered to live in Jupiter's gravity. That's what I'm talking about. Uh, he's. It looks like he's from a different uh, Marvel universe, though. Mm, he's from the six nine seven. Not in the. Uh, yeah, he's Charlie. He's from he's Earth six nine one. Say what? Timeline of the Marvel universe. Oh, who who retconned that nonsense? When I was reading those comics, they were crossing over the mm. uh, Defenders twenty six, twenty seven, and twenty eight. The original run. Um, they crossed over with the Guardians of the Galaxy, and they uh, had to go into the future and uh, fight the Badoon, who had uh, taken over the planet. So I'm oh. using new headphones that utilize my own eardrum cavity to right. emphasize the bass. Uh-huh. Oh, very good. So, so how, do, how do I sound level-wise compared well, to Frank? 
you to what you, you do is you you need to put one of those up your nose for the bass. Because <laughs> uh, that's how Brad, you play the bass with your you, nose. You do sound a tad bit hot okay. to me. Yeah. Just a tad. Really? I'll crank it down. Okay. Yeah. No, so I, I thought I'm it was gonna, okay. I've decided I'm, I'm going to buy like a hundred dollar pair of of Sony headphones. Okay. Not use noise canceling. Like in ear. No. Or? No. Okay. Just like professional cans. Mm. Well, why don't you go get you some Dre's? So get you some Beats, dude. That way you can get jacked. I don't know what that means. Like. I don't know. You can be on the street, get <laughs> jacked you? for your, not sure your headphones, for your cans, baby. Hey, so this week I think we're just going to do general comic book talk, uh-huh. especially after last week's okay. show. Um, you know, we're going to talk just a little bit What happened about last week? Oh, we talked to Jim Bob Kim. Oh, right. Okay. Episode 216. <laughs> that episode. Is, no, that was 215, but this is 216. Okay, well, it's totally different then. Proudly sponsored by InStockTrades.com. Yes. You know, that's where you can get trades up to like 42 percent i've heard of that place but i have no idea what they do let's see oh well they make them we buy them avengers prime hardcover they stack them deep 38 percent off for 15 dollars and 49 cents did you read this bendis wrote it and alan davis drew it avengers prime it basically happens yeah i've got all interim got all five floppies they're good i I liked it it was not allison alan Alan davis's best work which was kind of disappointing well it was very very davis and farmer yeah um but it takes place immediately after Siege ends, and... So I was wondering about the timeline on that. Yeah, it it, it, it takes place immediately after Siege ends, and basically, I guess time passes differently for them than it does for the... So what happens is they get the three of them, Iron Man, Thor, and Steve Rogers. Do you Rogers. mean Asgard versus Midgard? Yeah, they get whisked away right. to Asgard, right? Is that what you just said? That's what I was yeah. speculating. And then they have this adventure that saves the world, and then they come back to basically when they left. So it kind of fits in the timeline, but it took them ten months to tell the story because it came out every every other month. Did it? Okay. Because yeah. I, I just I just bought them when they. I came think it was out. just a, a way for Bendis to get to write something for Alan Davis to draw. Okay. Which you know it ended up kind of nice. Anyway, you can get that at In Stock Trades. Fantastic. For thirty eight percent off. For fifteen dollars and forty nine cents, you can get the Chaos War trade paperback. Why? Why would you do that? Why would you do that? Was it that bad? Um, you can. I said thirty eight dollars. I think I've already used. Um, I've already used four of the five issues as uh, fish wrap. <laughs> but <laughs> no, just, wrap. It's, just, it's it's indicative of what Marvel's been doing for the last ten years now. I just you know we we've we did had some email discussion about this among the other dudes and us and. Uh, you know, I've come to the conclusion that uh, Marvel's events uh, for the last uh, 10 years or so, I mean, there's always exceptions on both sides, good and bad, but Marvel's events have been vastly inferior to DC's events. And I'm sorry if you think that, Johnny M. But, um, yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm sure about that. I mean, how in the heck does, you know, what, you know Chaos War, what, the, I, the one good event that Marvel has done was probably Planet Hulk, and I didn't even read that one. Okay, I enjoyed that one. Yeah, and I've I've, I've heard good Civil things. Civil War was no. Good. I think I, I uh, let's save our event discussion for later when we're through. But with I thought this was comic book talk. Oh, okay, okay. Right. Well, let's get the sponsor out of on Chaos War, then spend it at in stock trades. Hey, yeah, get here's, it for twelve dollars and thirty nine. You know what? That is a fantastic idea because otherwise you're going to waste like twenty of your own dollars. Get it for twelve bucks. It's all collected. You can take it to the bathroom market. No problem. It's a good idea. Uh, Chicks in Capes soft cover book market edition. Man, twenty five percent off. You get What's it for not awesome about that? Four cents. Chips and Capes collect chicks, not chips. Uh-huh. Not like chocolate <laughs> chips. 
chips, potato chips, chips and cakes. You know, that's I, a different book. That sounds good. I, I could go for a bag cakes. of chips right now. <laughs> Collects all new prose short stories by a wide range of female authors, including hungry, New man. York Times bestselling authors Nancy Holder, Debbie Vicky, yeah. okay. and Jennifer Fallon, as well as many other superhero stories. Nice. Many using characters created exclusively for this collection, and others okay. utilizing familiar faces such as Lady Action and Domino Lady. Yeah, featuring all walks of life, including this. So it's it's published by Moonstone, but it's basically like a short story collection. Okay. Anyway, okay. you can get that for eleven dollars and twenty four cents. That's great. Sometimes That's great. I like to read things without pictures. <laughs> you know, known, uh, radical, you've been hey, known to do that. Sometimes mm-hmm. you just do words. Mm-hmm. Um, radical. Uh, Radical Comics has come out with a uh, uh, kind of a hybrid um, that actually um, that actually ties into two things uh, that I've been I've had in my brain lately. Um, vamp for a second. Let me go get that uh, Radical comic. Okay. Well, while you do that. I'm not kidding. I'm really actually off mic for a second here. <laughs> um, I guess I'll take. Uh, a... I'm going now. Okay. <laughs> okay. Is that cool? That's cool. Can you you can cover yeah. me for oh, a we couple seconds? We can bam. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's only going to take, yeah. I don't know, 15, 20 seconds, absolute tops, and I'll be right back. You know what? You so can take, no you can take 20 minutes. Take huh? 30 minutes. 20 minutes? Take the long rate. Well, I mean, the show's only like 35, 40 minutes, so <laughs> if I'm going for 20 minutes, then... Take an hour. Oh. <laughs> I, I get no, it. Bill. I get it now. Okay. Here. Fish bump. Uh, while Bill's, Bill's out, we were just going to do general comic talk. I know you have a have something you wanted to talk about, Brad. But before you do, um, how about I jump into mine because mine's pretty short. Okay. Um, so I just recently read the first four issues of Buffy the Vampire Slayer to trade. Is it? And uh, like this season is season eight? This is season eight. Yeah. So um, kind of a hey, quick hey, critique. Of it. Thank you, Bill. All right, good. <laughs> a quick critique on those. Um, I have to say that first trade, that would be a hard trade for someone who's never read Buffy before. To get into or who, who never saw the TV or who show. never saw the TV show because they reference a lot of things that happened in the TV show and they bring back a lot of characters who were prominent in the TV show, but they reveal them in a way it's like, well, why is this guy important? Well, well if you never saw the show, you wouldn't know why that guy was. Well, it's important. called season eight. Yeah, isn't and, it? It, and you're right; it is called season so eight. It's mark, it's obviously marketed for people who've watched the show, but by the end of trade two it's i would say trade two is a good jumping on anybody could jump on and okay. trade three and four were absolutely probably some uh, very funny very much in the tradition of of the buffy that are people who are familiar with the tv show would love it. anybody mm. could jump on absolutely hilarious i actually laughed out loud a couple of times just at the lines and the timing and the uh and the situations that they're in. So I just kind of wanted to give a little bit of praise, even though I'm, uh, you know, we've never talked about it on the show, but other people, you know, there's reviews out there and stuff. That's one but, of the shows uh, I've always wanted to uh, check out. You know, I, uh, like like any show, any low-budget TV show, starts off a little rocky. Okay. But by that season three, it is, yeah. or halfway through two, golden. Dude, and like Voyager. rocks. Yeah, just like Voyager. No, Hell yeah. the greatest Star Trek show ever. Dang right. Like no. Babylon Five is is more accurate. I mean, Babylon Five took it took uh, to about the end of the first season before it started to rock. I, I would say Star Trek Next Generation was very rocky at the beginning. Oh my gosh, Voyager yes. never picked up and became worth watching. I yeah, loved it personally. Did, yeah. I, that is my Star Trek. That's up. because you're of lesser brain than <laughs> or because I enjoy because I can find love you don't enjoy find beauty in things you, you can find beauty in a dead cat you didn't enjoy well, the, the, the I can too <laughs> now that I think about it what about the Borg superheroine 
who was in a cat suit, basically. Um, Seven of Nine is yes. pretty awesome. That's the only reason to watch oh, yeah. that show. Though I have to say, the, the, I know we're getting off topic mm-hmm. here, but the finale of Voyager, yeah, very disappointing. <laughs> very disappointed. Of, uh, the, the, yes. Well, the entire seventh season was freaking ridiculous. Yeah. The first two seasons were ridiculous. The seventh season was like outtakes in the first six seasons that they never got around to doing. But seasons three, four, five, and six were bad to the bone, baby. Yeah. They went through file 13 to get all the scripts. They went through file 68 or whatever that was. I don't file get that 86. What's file, oh, 13 file 13 is the tr- called the trash can. I thought it was oh, file right. 86. File that in 13. That's the oh, trash can. That's what that a guy used toilet. to say. I heard this one guy on the bus say that. No. The, uh, we, yeah, we always the, say. The, the, the catch is there's not actually a toilet on the bus, so God knows what that guy was doing. We used to, we used to or at work, we go, did you read my script? Yeah, I filed it right there, and it will just point at the recycle bin. Ooh, yeah, wow. Filed it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's in right the shredder. There. Yeah, you can tape it back together if you're into it. Okay. So what did you... So, okay, so uh, Radical, you're talking about uh, comic books that have no pictures in them, which seems yeah. counterintuitive to begin with. Or a But book. Um, this is going to come out, uh, I got, because like I'm on the mailing list, and so I get special stuff. It's actually, okay, it's sent to Half Hour Waste, but it's care of me. Care of um, so Radical has sent me. Uh, this is going to come out on Free Comic Book Day, by oh, yeah? the way. So this is, is that uh, full of nudity and violence like their last Free Comic Book Day offering? No, not oh, that that's I know. No, this is called Jake the Dreaming. It's uh, considered an illustrated novel, and um, it is um, uh, it is basically text with okay. lots of pictures in it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not it's not comic book panel format layout. I'm flipping through it right now. It's got a page text, dull page spread, illustrated. Another page of text with a lady's face on it, and then another double page spread, and then uh, text and double page spread and text and well, see that's not double page spread and that's not bad. It's interesting. Um, yeah. You know it, what it reminds me of? Absolutely here. Um, there was a letter that came with it too. Basically, uh, Radical is trying something new here, mm-hmm. and I wish I'd grabbed that letter while I was uh, while I was awake for twenty seconds earlier. Um, I think it's a really cool idea. Um, I. I don't know if it's uh, going to absolutely smack uh, Fanboy right in the middle of his uh, forehead uh, with ecstasy, um, although it's it's really interesting. I mean, it's just it's a cool idea. Um, Wait, you mean it's not going to grab someone by the scruff? That's no, I, I'm that's not Bill's saying that. Favorite saying, I'm not grabbed saying by that. the scruff, getting, getting grabbed by the scruff. That's yeah. Bill's favorite pastime. I'm Currently, by grabbing scruff. grabbing by scruffs. Um, it's not scruff grabbing. But no, I think uh, for any of you cats who are going to your, your free comic book day, your respective free comic book day, mm-hmm. do pick up a copy of Jake the Dreaming. It's, uh, it, it's very interesting. And, you know, have you read yeah, it yet? Some, some people, I've read uh, most of it, okay? I haven't read the entire thing. The art looks pretty cool. Um, but uh, it's just kind of a different concept. It's not panel by panel layout, you know, award balloons, this and that. It's text. Oh, look at this dragon. And, He's uh, made of and, honeycombs and, and tires. Big time illustrations. You know, we're, honeycombs we're, and tires, that dragon. Yeah, it's, it's kind of big, almost... Big, big, It's not. It's clearly not, but it kind of has that Marco Djurjevic kind of look to it. It's, it's yeah, like everything Radical does, um, uh, it's uh, painted art. You know, it's not pencil, ink, you know, and, and Glennis Ween coloring it. You know, it's, uh, um, it's somebody actually sitting down with a, uh, with a palette... And a brush. You know, you know, Alice in Wonderland, the, the, mm-hmm. the original book was somewhat like this, not as ornate, but, um, but you know, there was... You're talking text, literal Lewis Carroll, the, Alice in Wonderland? Um, Frank Baum. Frank L. Baum was um, 
Wizard of Oz. Wait, what did I say? You, Alice said, you said Alice in Wonderland, Sorry. I think. Uh, Wizard of Oz. Very good. The original Wizard of yes. Oz. It By had, the bombster. Yeah. Right. It had um, illustrations and text in it, too. Okay. So, I mean, you know, it was a kid's book, essentially. But, but um, you know. I'd, I'd like to read a selection. Very good. From Jake the Dreaming. Good. Make it count. Looking to the sky... He saw the dandelion flowers silhouetted against the sunlight, but they were soon eclipsed by the menacing shape of Nocturnus dropping down to meet him. If that doesn't wet your whistle, Boom. I don't know what will. Boom! Should have had some music with that. It kind of reminds me. Um, okay. This is... Don't... Th- well, okay. Go ahead and let this shock you, everybody. Um, as many people know, I'm a, um, I'm a big Legion of Superheroes fan. What? I kind of like Legion of Superheroes a little bit. Um, I have been saving and collecting, um, but up until Christmas, this last Christmas, three months ago, I had not ever read more than a couple of individual issues of the five year after Legion run. And, um, that shocks me too. I mean, I grew up on the the comics, you know, through the seventies, through the Paul Levitz run. I was there. I bought the floppies, the great darkness saga. Mm -hmm. I was there. Um, I've been buying it. I I bought it basically from episode from issue two Oh four through basically issue three Oh four. Now for, for Mm -hmm. people who don't know, uh, because I don't know that much much about Legion. Tell Mm -hmm. me what is the five year Ah. later run? Okay. Um, I think I can actually, uh, encapsulate this fairly quickly. Okay. You had the original Legion. Uh, that was that was born out of Adventure Comics, and then it kind of glommed on to uh, uh, Superboy. It became a uh, backstory in Superboy issues, and then uh, an issue 197 of Superboy's run, the the run that started in 1954. I did this off the top of my head, so if I get the numbers wrong, don't sue me. Um, the they officially joined the cast of Superboy, uh, starring the Legion of Superheroes, in issue 197. Um, that went um, that went until issue 259, when Superboy got his own title and dropped off the series and the series became Legion of Superheroes. This is all the original Legion continuity, the Silver Age guys transitioning into the uh, the Bronze Age, I guess. Uh, Paul Levitz picks it up and starts writing it. Keith Giffen jumps on board and it's just amazing. You get the Great Darkness Saga issues uh, 290 through 294 um, and it really kind of peaks at that point, I think. I mean, it's still great um, so what happened in that five years later well, why, why is there a five-year gap sorry uh so you get you get that initial uh that initial burst of uh legion uh much of it written by uh the latter half of it written by paul levitz and then it transitions into the the baxter run which is literally a a better better set a better printing they they raise the price they use uh higher quality paper it's not newsprint any longer um and Levitz and Giffen and Larry Malstead continue basically what they were doing just in this new higher-priced, higher-quality format. So the Baxter run happens. It goes for 63 issues, and it ends with the Magic Wars, which theoretically destroys all magic in, in the Legion universe and the Legion timeline. Um, issue 63 happens. It ends. Uh, they've got – I mean, there's just like a month or two uh, uh, gap here. But when they pick it back up, uh, Paul Levitz has left. Um, Keith Giffen is writing with uh, Tom and Mary Beerbaum, and um, uh, he draws it with inks by a cat named Al Gordon. And at the first issue of the what is now the third volume of Legion of Superheroes, the Baxter run being volume two, uh, third volume is called considered the five years later uh, era. And um, between the last issue of the Levitt's 
Volume 2 Baxter run and the first issue of the five years later run, um, five years have passed. That was probably a big surprise to you, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. And the but universe, I, I guess my question is, why, why, was, the fi- why was there a five-year gap? Um, it's kind of, uh, it, was, it was not, it was to give the universe basically time to kind of collapse in on itself and everything goes to heck. Okay. Um, so that that was my basic question. So everything collapsed at the, at the end of the other one, and then five years later, yeah, the, everything the legion, back to status quo. The legion has the legion has been disbanded for for about five years or so now. Okay, there you go. Lots of things have happened. Um, Cosmic Boy has lost his powers um, through uh, an, a, a, a fight at a place called Venado Bay that we we learn about in like issue twenty, I think. Okay. Um, but basically, it's it's a a new starting point for the entire series. Um, and and frankly, um, you know, having read the Legion all my life, I'm reading. You know, we're up to issue eleven in you know Levitz's current run. Um, you know, I think the Abnet and Landing run um, was maybe my favorite Legion run forever. Um, yeah, the five years. Uh, sorry, the five years later uh, run happens, and then um, Zero Hour happens, and they kind of reboot it with the cartoony uh, kids, the Pear uh, Wade, Pear uh, McCraw take it over and it becomes kind of very cartoony until Koi Pell and Lanning take it over and then it becomes very dark and gritty and then you go through Legion Lost and the Legion series and then you come through Mark Wade's reboot of it with Barry Kitson and that goes for 50 issues. Jim Shooter takes over at some point and you see Francis Maniple's uh, work for the first time in a major comic uh, towards the end of that run and now we're 11 issues into the new new volume, I don't know, like volume 18. Well, I, I can't count that high. Um, but the five years later run, um, it's dark, it's gritty, it's one of the more adult-themed, and not that there's language, you know, uh, skin, you know, adult situations. It's just so, it's just so dang mature. It's just a, a pleasure to read. And the way this ties in is at the end of each issue, they have one or two pages of nothing but script. And it's... Uh, might be a memorandum from one person to another that you're getting to read, or it might be uh, literally the, you know, the state of the the universe at this point. You know, uh, um, as the five year gap comes into play, uh, the Cuns are um, have control of most of the galaxy, and the Dominators are, are doing weird stuff. And I, I'm not going to go too far into it because probably a lot of people have no idea what I'm talking about. Um, but that's cool. But at the end of it, it's incredible. You've got uh, 22, 23 pages of really dense copy, and then you get to the end of it, and you get one or two pages of pure script that really fleshes the, the world out. And it kind of reminded me a little bit of this Jake the Dreaming, just in that way that, wow, it's a picture. You know, it's a whole page of words without a picture attached to it. And, um, man, good stuff. Uh, I'm... Shocked. I've, I've waited this entire time to start reading them because I've been collecting them for years. And I finally got to the point where I have got the entire five-year-later run, and I've got, like, all but three of the Legionnaires issues. And the Legionnaires tie into it. It's, it's you, you, read, you read Legionnaires, then you read Legion, and then Legionnaires, then Legion, and you kind of flip-flop back and forth. So I finally got all the issues. I finally read them, and, man, it's... First impression, I've, I've read the first 13 issues uh, twice over, and then I've kept going since then. I'm up to issue 23, I think. And um, it takes a long time, man. Keith Giffen's art, his, this this new style of art that he and Alan Gordon came out with, 
um, is so sketchy and uh, just so blocky and, and, and angular and, and odd. And it just it's it's almost off putting. I mean, it, it's such such an incredible acquired taste. Um, it really takes a while to get into. But I, I think it's the best stuff the Legion's ever done. And I think it's, um, you know, some of the best comic books that have ever been written. And I'm I'm up to issue 24 right now, getting ready to start issue 24. And I'm literally afraid, you know, it's taken me a week to read it. It took them two years to come out with it originally. And I'm now wondering, you know, how long can this, this incredible run last? At some point, it's going to start homogenizing. At some point, it's going to start becoming, you know, more typical Legion issues. And I think that... Uh, the beer bombs, I think they last up until dang near issue 40 on it, something like that. Um, so I'm just kind of wondering exactly where it's going to go from there because it's, you know, every issue, the, the thing that gets me is that you, you just cannot figure out, you know, nothing is telegraphed. You can't figure out where it's going to end up. You know, they do surprise you in every single issue, and it's just, it's, it's wonderful. It's some of the best comic book stuff I've ever been around. And, you know, this stuff came out in, um, you know, 89 90 91 and i can't believe that you know 20 years later i'm finally reading it so i'd like to apologize uh tnm beer bomb and keith giffen who i love so anyway uh yeah so go uh go check you some five years later the nice thing about the five years later run is that it's uh it's a 90s comic so there were like seven million uh copies of each issue printed and man if you can't find uh five years later run in any quarter bin at any convention, you're not looking hard enough because they're out there. So you do not have to go to a service and pay four bucks a comic for them. Uh, be a little patient. I, I did that for like two years. I, I hit every convention I could go to, collected everything I could, and then I started filling in gaps at uh, New Cadia and um, um, Lone Star operates my comic book shop, and you know I, I've I've looked at Mile High and you know other places like that. Um, so. Uh, good stuff, man. But uh, but no, the the point is that uh, a comic book is is its own definite medium, but it doesn't have to be double page spreads, nine panels a page, whatever you got. You know, it, it doesn't have to be, you know, the original comic book form. You know, there there's room for it to evolve and change. And um, you may be seeing this with uh, Jake the Dreaming, which is considered an illustrated novel, by the way. That's what it says on the front. Um, I mean, there's no way that this becomes the norm in comic books, but, uh, you know, it's cool. It's nice to see that there's room for something that's not status quo. Well, Grant Morrison did a Batman issue like that. I love Grant Morrison. Yeah, I was just about to bring that up. It was, okay. uh, I can't remember what it was. I tried reading it. Was it was mostly words. There was very little art in it. Yeah. Okay. And I tried reading it, and my gosh, it was just, I'm not sure. It was about a circus and a clown, and it was very flowery and just, I got past maybe two pages and really? I just lost interest in it. Was this uh, before Final Crisis stuff? Before Final Crisis, maybe after Infinite Crisis. So somewhere in there. Yeah, it was, yes. You're right. It was like, that's a great tune, by the way. I um, know. Great. I want to say it was. Great Bill Withers, baby. It was maybe a year into his run when he started. Okay. Um, I, I think it has it a Joker card. Joker. Yeah, and it has a Joker card, I think, on the cover. Oh, and cool. it's, uh, um, 
Yeah, and you know what? The artwork, now that I think about it, it felt very airbrushed and maybe even computer-generated. It was... Um, Interesting. Um, you definitely didn't buy it for the, for the artwork, I would, I would recommend, I would think. Yeah. It just wasn't... And the story, my goodness, I really struggled through that. I was, <laughs> I, I was just like, I, I'm, it's like I want to give him a chance, and it's just like you're not hooking me. You're not, you know, you're you're losing me in yes. the minutia of I don't know if this is going to be important later on or not, but the story is not, to me, not moving forward. Dark Horse put out a hardback a while back. Uh, it was an Aliens story called Tribes, and it was very much like this uh, Jake the Dreaming illustrated novel it had it was a it was okay. a novel it was mostly prose but then every once in a while it had beautiful dave dorman uh splash page art yes in it it was really good man um i uh going back and reading some of uh, these uh you know these these 20 year old comic books uh it's one of the coolest things about it is uh checking the uh, the ads out and uh the one i just cannot get through speaking of computer generated art um I keep seeing these one-page ads for Batman Digital Justice by Pepe Moreno. <laughs> yeah, that you can and find that. You go to really? any convention. I've, I I've see never that seen it all the time. It looks okay. like it looks like somebody whoever designed that really really enjoyed Tron. Okay, I mean the the graphics yeah. were and by it, today's standards they're pretty bad. It's it's bad, but I also think that they were pushing the envelope oh, on yeah. those. They were they were definitely because you didn't see anything like that. Yeah. Okay. So, but by today's well, standards, laughable. Yeah, I mean the the art itself. They they had like a, you know, there's a shot of kind of a profile shot of Batman's face. It's like a bust shot. It's a fairly tight shot, and I'm looking at it going, man, I think they had better graphics in 1980 when Tron came out. I um. Well, you got to remember, Tron wasn't about faces. It was about shapes and right. stuff. It was people's faces. Yeah. I mean, they were wearing costumes. I mean, it, it's always interesting because someone is always going to try to push the boundaries of what can happen. You know. Ooh. I'm holding the uh, four disc version of the Tron oh my. Legacy Blu-ray. Mm -hmm. And the reason I have this is because. Are you getting a 3D TV? No, Best Buy had a coupon that made this cheaper than the two disc version. Well, that's uh, that so makes this, that easy. This has Tron Legacy 3D Blu-ray, 2D Blu-ray, a DVD, and a digital copy. Does it um, does it come with glasses, or do you need a digital TV? No, it doesn't come with glasses. You have to have the TV for the it. TV for it. You know, and the TV is what comes with glasses. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's um, the so glasses are an accessory you buy along with, like the, you buy the TV. You got like a pair or two pairs of glasses, and then you get to buy more depending on the make. Um, those glasses uh, are actually pretty pretty expensive. You know, I we should throw this in later and ridiculous. take a look at it. I um I I played a Nintendo 3DS yesterday. Really? Yeah, my kids and I saw one at the Walmart's the other day. Very oh impressive. Yeah, I was really? shocked. I was shocked. It's it's glassesless, Bill, and you yeah, have to be you have to be yeah. right in front of it. You know, when Ashley was holding it or when Allison was holding it, yeah. I was looking at it over her shoulder. Uh -huh. You don't get the same effect. You have to be looking at it square on. But the nice thing about the 3DS it's, is it's that, pretty impressive. You know, that's you're yeah. going to be looking right at it. And the, the cool thing about it was they have some some card that I guess is the register for it. I don't know if that's what you saw or not, but they had a card where all the games kind of or the for the demo, the things popped out of okay. there was a card on a table, a physical card on the table, photograph it. And what was neat is I had to shoot things. I actually had to be over it, be under it, move this way, move that way. Oh, my. Squat a little, you know, tiptoe a little bit to get to it. Lots <laughs> of, I mean, it, it was a lot of fun. So I was moving with it to get everything. 
and we took some 3D pictures with it. Oh yeah. And um, the ca- the 3D camera on it, while the pictures are only 3D on it, um, you know, we were doing things where I was holding my hand out and oh, holding cool. things behind me. Fascinating. It is really, really. That's cool, cool, because little Zoe's got a uh, standard uh, um, DS, Mm -hmm. and, you know, the pictures on it are pretty usable. You know, on the the part that flips up, right, you've got the two screens on the top. On the 3DS, there's this little slider. Uh You slide it all the way down, and it'll make a 2D picture, and you can play any of your old 2D games on it. But then you click it up, and... It that adjusts the the amount of three D, okay. you know what I mean, depth on it, yeah, okay. and it's it's pretty cool. I mean, is this something you have to adjust it, you know, for your particular vision, or is yeah, it just I think so because okay. you know I held it and I adjusted it and then I handed it to okay. Allison and she goes, oh, I have to adjust it a little bit. So it's it depends on so your. It's almost like a pair of binoculars. You yeah, gotta, yeah, make exactly. it work for you. Okay, um, golly, I, you that's know, cool. Man. I would, I could, I could see myself getting one. Yeah. Um, if if I played a lot of portable games like that, which I don't, but I mean, it was fun. I was really captivated by it. It was neat. It was neat, and I think the good thing is that it will let you play your old games. Mm-hmm. It well, it, and uh, I think yeah, it's just backwards compatible should be a requirement. Mm-hmm. You know, these days, you know, it'd be like buying a Blu-ray player that doesn't play your DVDs. Hey, yeah, speaking that's a, that's of ridiculous. Twitter, mm-hmm. no, I'm just uh, <laughs> the, the one thing I wanted to talk about. This episode. Oh, yeah. Twitter's not. You, you had something, didn't you, Brad? I say Twitter's not compatible with my uh, snail mail. I follow Darth Vader on Twitter. Uh huh. And uh, he retweeted something from uh, the the Twitter account from the Death Star Public Relations uh-huh. uh, oh, boy. division, the PR DSPR. department, uh, Death Star PR. Yeah. Uh, it was uh, the ten jerkiest things Obi Wan Kenobi ever did. <laughs> um. <clears throat> anyway, I I followed the link to the. Death Star PR dot blogspot dot com and their header says Death Star PR. Sure the Death Star is a giant super laser that can blow up planets, but over one million of our employees just like to call it home. <laughs> Welcome to the Death Star's public relation division. So then their one of their latest posts was uh, the ten jerkiest things Obi Wan Kenobi ever did. Okay. Uh, you know Are what, you saying me... there's a million people in the Death Star? Yeah. It holds a million. Is that in people. canon or are they just I, joking? No, I believe it's been like in the expanded universe, yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, Luke blew a million people up, mm-hmm. and he didn't know when he destroyed the Death Star. Well, like it, it's a casualty of war. If you're going to be on that side, that's the you, you know when we were bombing Germany, there were some Dude. innocent people in there. When Germany was bombing England, there were some innocent people there. That's a casualty of I war. I just hope baby. it wasn't. I just hope the Death Star wasn't Galaxy class and had like mm-hmm. you know families and children on it. Okay, I've chosen the best star, uh, the Ben Kenobi death slash Tie Fighter attack track. That's a good choice. Okay, anyway, so uh, uh, number ten. It's a trap. Uh, Let me read this though. Uh, While the rebellion would have you believe that Obi Wan Kenobi was an excellent mentor, a highly regarded general, and arguably one of the greatest Jedi masters ever, the truth is he was a bit of a douche. In fact, he was such a massive jerk that the hardest thing about writing this list was narrow, narrowing it down to just the ten jerkiest things he ever did. Number ten, calling Darth Vader a master of evil. Although he's always been a smug bastard, Obi-Wan took it to a new level when he came face-to-face with his old apprentice and ex-BFF on the Death Star, calling him a master of evil. Hey, Obi-Wan, jerk Nobi. Jerk Nobi. Jerk Nobi. However, it looks good. Hey, Obi-Wan, jerk Nobi. When the last time you met, 
you cut off someone's arm and both of their legs and threw them into a molten lava. You don't get to, uh, you don't get to make a call about who's evil and who's not. Number nine, always cutting off everyone's arms. <laughs> Look, we know we bring this up a lot, but we really feel it's a valid point because seriously, doesn't someone with amazing force powers that include telekinesis, superhuman speed and reflexes, empathy, and even limited precognition have a single better option for disarming someone than literally disarming them? Number eight, training Luke. Although Obi-Wan used the force for loads of things. Now, wait a minute. Darth did it to him first. Well, again, this is told from the... Death Star. This is the PR. This, this is, is a the spin. public relations department. Right. This is of spin. Okay. Of course, Empire. I'm thinking Luke, not uh, mm-hmm. Obi Wan. So don't write in. I, I know. Number eight, training Luke. Although Obi Wan used the Force for loads of things, he used it uh, most for backflipping like crazy on his opinions. As a younger <laughs> Jedi, <laughs> Obi Wan didn't want Qui Gon Jinn to train Anakin because he was too old for the training at age nine, but was only too happy to train Luke when he was nineteen. Why? No, not out of necessity, Kenobi apologist, but because when you're a hypocritical jerk, you can make the rules up as you go along. Hey, 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 hey. Number he was seven. the last Jedi. I mean, until until Yoda told him that. Again, oh, this is told from the point of the view. This is the, PR the, spin. You got to remember. This the is them up. spinning the I'm story not good with in their this. favor. I'm having a hard time with this. Number seven, not helping Luke on Hoth. Here's a scenario. Your friend has just barely survived good a near-fatal crash on a snow planet and is now literally freezing to death. As a ghost who has, quote, become more powerful than you can possibly imagine, end quote, by becoming one with a force, do you, A, use your nifty ghost teleportational powers to go get help, B, do anything else in way of actually helping, or C, be a complete jerk bag and ignore the fact that the kid is dying of hypothermia and internal injuries and just give him his next set of marching orders. Well, he sent him a tauntaun. What, what do they want? Number six, not training Leia. And by the way, tauntauns are not as stinky on the outside when you compare it. As a child of Anakin Skywalker, Princess Leia inherited great force powers equal to those of her brother Luke. Hmm. So why didn't Obi-Wan decide to train her too? Surely two Jedi would have had a better chance fighting evil Sith Lords than one. The answer is simple. Obi-Wan doesn't like girls. Here's how the Yoda Kenobi Dagobah conversation actually went. <laughs> Obi-Wan. That boy is our last hope. Yoda. Uh, there is another. Obi-Wan. Yeah, I was at the birth, genius, remember? I just don't count girls. Ooh. We, I guess we actually didn't see that line in uh in uh Yeah, in that our. that uh that did make <laughs> the cutting room floor. So I, I just I'm, watched I'm, that I'm scene a, yesterday. I just think after like he was there during the birth. Yeah, Obi Wan. Yeah, that's right. Sure as heck was. Number he conveniently five. forgot about it, kind of like he forgot about C three PO or being a bad friend R2. in general. Uh, is number five. So, what if love is expressly forbidden by the sacred laws of your ancient religion that has allowed your order of warrior space monks to maintain peace for over ten thousand years? What's so bad about falling in love? What possible downside is there to a moody young Jedi Knight? with narcissistic tendencies and a bit mm-hmm. of a god complex, yeah. marrying a career-driven cougar ex-queen. <laughs> if Obi-Wan was a better friend, he would have stood by Anakin's decision to be married instead of getting all judgy about it. What? No, man, it was... Uh, Again, this you know, is told from the point of view of the of the Death Star Public well, Relations Department. In right? retrospect, they desperately needed uh, Luke and Leia to be born. But, dude, I, I really... Number four, Padme, not telling really? Luke and Leia about being brother and sister. 
We can forgive Obi-Wan for the oversight. I mean, finding out you have a long-lost twin brother or sister probably isn't a big deal for orphans, right? Yes. You can certainly see how that little detail might not come up in the many, many hours of conversation aboard a starship <laughs> hurtling towards the sibling in question. Hmm. Oh, well, it's not like anyone got hurt because it's not like there's any chance the twins would meet and develop the, sexy yeah, feelings for Yeah, that's a really good other, point right? because they did basically the French kiss in the first movie, didn't they? No, no, it was just that a was kiss. That was the second one. Oh, was the second one. Was it a second second one? One? Was it was a kiss was, or just a kiss? Well, she well, was trying was, to make Han Solo jealous. Yeah. Exactly. But she planted a good one on him. Exactly. Uh, number three, lying to Luke about his dad. Yes. Admittedly, yes. telling the kid you spent the last 19 years creepily spying on or watching over that you were the one who attempted to brutally murder his father is a pretty awkward conversation, but it's hey, probably hey, right hey. up there in terms of pretty important information they might want to know before they make the decision to uh, hang out with you. Some people are just weird like okay, that. Okay, objection. Objection, Your Honor. Um, uh, my Exhibit 1A is uh, Brandon Ralph, okay? You're talking about creepy superheroes spying on people without them knowing it? Feel free to uh, watch uh, Superman Returns, which hopefully you can find in the, uh, the dollar bin at your local uh, movie trading company, because that's what it's worth. Um, yeah. Um, I got two more. On that scale, Obi-Wan is not spying. Um, now, Brandon Routh, Superman, s hovering up there 20 feet above your house, using x-ray vision to watch you change into your, uh, yes. into your skivvies. That's creepy. That's Again, creepy. We're talking okay? about Star Wars. Though. <laughs> yeah. Focus. Number hey, two. But, but, but. Number but, two. But, but, leaving Anakin there's to no die. underwear in Friends space. argue. Okay. Sometimes they even come to blows, but it takes a pretty special kind of quote-unquote friend to cut right. off your arm and legs and leave you to burn alive in molten lava. Well. Even accepting the fact that Anakin was in some small way responsible for causing the tiff, eh. if you have to be that guy who delims his friend and throws yeah. him into magma, at least do them a solid for old time's sake and put them out of their incredibly, incredibly painful misery. Molten hot magma. And the number one have you seen the, uh, jerkiest thing Obi-Wan Kenobi ever did was hiding the droids we were looking for. <laughs> By, by hiding R2-D2 and C-3PO from the great and benevolent galactic empire, Obi-Wan was directly responsible for the explosion of the Death Star, which resulted in the deaths of more than 1.3 million people. Sure, maybe a few of them were a teeny bit evil, but what about all of the service staff, the subcontractors, mm -hmm. senior citizen tour groups, people <laughs> shopping any of the 178 beautifully appointed shopping malls, and the sweet, innocent children in the Death Star's 604 baby creches. Oh, no. In uh, conclusion, uh, uh, uh. Obi-Wan Kenobi, total and utter bastard. He, um, Son of a gun. You can, and you can thank Kevin Smith for that. Remember, he, uh, what movie was that where he was, uh, he debated that whole thing? Clerks. He was in Clerks. Okay. About what? About blowing up the best Death Star. And he was yeah. like, there's contractors on there. There yeah. were people not involved with the... Uh, I thought it was interesting to look at that from the Empire's point of view uh -huh. yeah, as to why he was such a, a jerky guy. How you doing, buddy? Say hi, Sage. I still don't buy it. Hi, hi Sage. Are you talking to yourself now? Hi, He's been Sage. doing that for a while. It's weird. Sa Sage, what's new with you? Uh, what do you say again? What's new with you? What have you been doing these days? Um, playing a... We've been transitioning from uh, we uh, playing toys all day long. Playing <laughs> toys all day long. And reading a book. Okay. Really? You can't read. Which book? T Titan. Nice. T. Nice. 
Actually, it's just called tea. Tea. Okay. Tea. Now, did you just eat lunch? Yeah. What'd you have he for had lunch? To think about it. He wasn't sure. Noodles. Noodles. Was it good? Burgers. Broccoli. Burgers. Yeah. Is your mom a good cook? <laughs> yes, she is, by the way. I'll All answer right. for him. Well, guys, well, let's, okay, wrap you, up, let's wrap up this uh, this wonderful, exciting episode of A Half Hour Waste. I hope you enjoyed just comic what? talk. That was it? That's it, baby. We got to roll. What? Let me pull up, let me pull roll up out. Yeah. But, but, but. Something for but, us? Uh, well, I did. I, I figured um, uh, what I would do here. Um, Seeing as uh, baseball season just started, I figured I would go with a. Um, I mean, I kind of hate to do it, but uh, throw a uh, rerun to you guys um, in honor of baseball season. No, okay. let's hear go it. Go Rangers! You like it? Let's have it. All right, standing by. <sighs> Opening media. Opening media. Opening media. Nothing like being it's opening. prepared. Hey. Well, I didn't realize we were gonna have like a twenty-three minute long episode. Okay? <laughs> this was a good, a good episode, but okay. I think we have we have some time constraints because of a, a phone call we're waiting on. Oh, so. okay. Very good. Very good. Very good. So hey, uh, how you doing? Baseball season. Which go? How are the Rangers doing at this? Welcome point? back. Seven and one, and uh, leading the audio Twitter. About to be eight and one today, baby. And by the time this airs, it'll be a lot more than that. So my three-and-a-half-year-old, you may know him, his name is Sage, is having terrible problems with the subject-verb agreement. And I think it's because he's been listening to way too many press conferences by Ranger manager Ron Washington. Let's check it out. That's the way baseball goes. That's how baseball goes. I just think that's the way my hair grows. That's how Sage's hair grows. Drop the antlers on them. Drop the claw on them. That's nice. an oldie but a goodie, I approve. I miss that sage. <laughs> I miss that sage, too. Me, too. Sage. You didn't ask as many questions. Mm-hmm. All right, That's guys, how let's... sage's head grows. <laughs> I've got, I'm, it's not me being lazy. I've got new tweets. I just thought this one was, uh, no, that was worth uh, worth playing. So, Again, uh, by the time please people enjoy. hear this episode... The Rangers will have a few more. The Rangers will be 10 games up on the division by then, hopefully. Mm-hmm. All right, let's get some Audi music. By the way, uh, guys, we would love to get a call from you guys, so call us, uh, leave us a voicemail. Just let us know how the show's doing and what you're up to. You know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use the Beastie Boys' leaked new track from the new album that's coming out as kind of our outro music. Okay. I won't play the whole thing. I'll just play part of it. Okay. Do your boilerplate. Um... Thanks for listening to A Half Hour Wasted, a proud member of the HHWLOD Podcast Network. Visit our website at hhwlod.com to check out blogs, photos, and more. And don't forget to visit the message boards at forumforgeeks.com. We also have an app for that. We kind do of, have an of. app for that. Um, uh, it's, well, it's not a... It's it's not our own personal it's not app. Our own per- but it's Tapa Talk there for the go. Android phone. Mm-hmm. Just the Android? I think... Is no, you can get it on the iPad and the iPhone. Okay, but it is, um, it is usable on the Android. So if you want to surf surf our forums while you're on your phone or your iPhone or your iPad or your or your uh, tablet computer, do it. Yeah, it's very cool. You just show up as an app, or is it like a web link? Uh, no, it's an app. It's you an download app. it. You go to the Android awesome. market. Yeah, the Tapatalk. Search Tapatalk. Touch down. And then it reads several okay. 
uh, you just in the search field you search half hour wasted and okay. it'll, or or forum for geeks. You search forum for geeks. Yeah, make it a favorite. Forum for geeks, Some and really. it'll find. Nice. Our forum, and it'll pull it up, and you can make it a favorite. Is it a nice cool. interface? Yeah, it's oh, cool. It's it very it, easy to use. Very it easy makes it easier to, can, to, to you be Clearly, you can do it like, you know, Droid X will take you to just, you know, the Forum for Geeks webpage, but this might be easier to navigate. Or yeah, if you're with. on your phone, if you're on the go. Beautiful. Yeah. Okay. Beautiful. So, visit our sponsor, In Stock Trades. Until next week, I'm Frank. I'm Brad. Yeah, I'm still Bill. And we'll see you next week on Half Hour Wasted.